Thanks to Grammarly for supporting Market Foolery. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to grammarly.com/fool to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. It's Monday, April 1st. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill joining me in studio today. It's the old Monday crew. Taylor Muckerman <laughs> and Jason Moser. Good to it's see you. Every now and then. Every now and then we get the we get the Monday crew back together. Um, we have another hot IPO. We've got a baby Berkshire in the making. We're gonna start with some earnings though. Uh, strong fourth quarter report from Roman Financial. Uh, what started nearly 30 years ago as an investment newsletter service has grown to become a diversified financial services company that now includes investment banking and mortgage lending. Hmm. Jason, shares of Roman Financial up 10% this morning and hitting a new all-time high. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be easy, it would have been easy to dismiss this business. I think when you look back at the history of the company, the way that that Joey Roman, the founder and CEO, started this company, uh, I mean, it, listen, newsletter based on penny stocks. That's obviously not really in line with what we're espousing here mm-hmm. at the Molly Fool. We're a bit more long-term focused, business-focused investors. But I think that you know everybody everybody has sort of that moment where they feel like they need to pivot and actually take the business in a different direction. Joey's certainly done that here. Uh, there's exceptional performance. You know, you talked about how he's he's taking this business into new directions with investment banking and mortgage lending. There's an exceptional performance from the MBS side of the business. I'm not talking about mortgage-backed securities. The interesting this is marijuana-backed securities. Roman is a real believer in the legalization movement and he's developed an entire investment wing of the business. Based on mortgage-backed securities, so you, I mean, if you've been around anywhere where this business has a footprint, you've probably seen or heard the slogan: "If you've got the need, we've got the weed." And and it's just essentially building this business based on what is obviously commodity, but taking that commodity and figuring out the markets where there is high demand, and then developing essentially a mortgage-backed security type product based on just marijuana alone. Well, and Taylor, we've talked for well over a year now about one of the main differences between. The U.S. and Canada, when mm-hmm. it comes to the marijuana industry, mm-hmm. is obviously the legalization across the country in Canada. Yep. And one of the things that does is provide access to capital in a way that just isn't available here on a national level in the states. Yeah, you look at what they're doing in Canada; it's just super impressive. And I just have to take a step back, talking about Canada, and just applaud this company for what it's done with penny stocks. Canada's all but given up on pennies. May 2012, they took them completely out of circulation. Since then, however, nickel stocks have been through the roof. But yeah, I mean, just building a business like this out of penny stocks, incredible. Um, But marijuana financing, I think they're doing a great job of that and kind of democratizing marijuana for everybody. Sure. And I mean, it's not like he's sitting still there either because he's getting into one of our favorite markets. We talk about payments all the time. It's really kind of interesting, the strategy here. And I'll tell you why. Their latest endeavor is essentially a competitor to Square. It, believe it or not, he's calling it trapezoid. Now, <laughs> follow me here for a second because this starts to make a little bit more sense. But the hardware is shaped like a trapezoid, even the card is shaped like a trapezoid. His basic thinking here is that a trapezoid stands out more than a square. And that gives them, therefore, a more memorable brand than square. And we went back to the call here. The analyst actually asked the question here. Are you serious? What's the thinking here? And, and Mr. Mr. Roman said on the, on, the, on the call, quote, yes, I mean, it's like Square, but it's a trapezoid. So, immediately, we're already one up on brand recognition, and that's really half the battle in this market, end quote. 
I'm not saying this is an automatic winner here, but I do like the fact that they're dabbling in the payment space. You know how much we like it. it bringing one more competitor to the space there, uh, who knows? There could be there could be some opportunity down the line. It's going to cause you to reevaluate your war on cash well, basket. I, mean, I have to at least take another look and yeah. see if this isn't worth you know putting on the list. Mm-hmm. Last thing, uh, and before we move on, um, Joey Roman, um, as you said, uh, it's interesting to watch his career. And I'm not saying he's Jamie Dimon, because I think when it comes to the financial space, Jamie Dimon sort of stands apart in terms of the respect he garners from his peers. Um, but I will say this one thing about Joey Roman um, that you can't say about Jamie Dimon uh, Joey Roman. Is 100% focused on his businesses. You're you're never going to see Joey Roman on CNBC. You are never going to see him on Bloomberg. It's not to say that I'm dinging Jamie Dimon for going out and doing publicity. And goodness knows we've tried to get uh, Roman here at The Motley Fool Mm -hmm. to speak on our podcast. And he always said no because. He just doesn't do press at all. No, and he's, he's said before that he actually looks up to Diamond as sort of a mentor. Um, and, you know, I think Jamie Diamond has put in—he's been put in the position of the because he's the CEO of such a large bank that plays such a big role in our economy today. He he almost has to he has to get out there and do this type of press and media relations stuff on an ongoing basis. And, and really, Joey Roman has the luxury of not having to do that so much because the business is still somewhat under the radar. Why I say under the radar? I mean they're they're quickly becoming more and more known as time goes on. And I think we've we've explained why here on today's show. Yeah, a few more quarters like this, they're not <laughs> going to be under the radar for long. Uh, two weeks ago it was Levi Strauss. Last week it was Lyft. Uh, this week, this morning, in fact, another hot IPO. Uh, this time up in Canada, Emerang, the short-lived IPO from the late 1990s, is back in the public markets. Uh, we've seen this before, Taylor, with other businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a run at the public markets, doesn't work. Private equity for a number of years, and in this case, we've got you know sort of the online dessert company um, going public this morning on the Halifax Exchange, and already the stock's doubled. Yeah, clearly investors' appetite for this stock was building before this IP, the second IPO. You know, I've been looking at this company on the private market for a while now. They've been tinkering with their recipe for years and finally it looks like they've got it right. Investors licking their lips and the market reaction today just goes to show what can happen when management comes in, refocuses on the business, doesn't have the public eye, you know, Focused on them so intently, and they were really able to get it right this time. Well, and part of the work that they've been doing in the private markets is sort of retooling the business model. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, working on the recipe for the meringue, but you look at, look, back in the day, it was all about online and only mm-hmm. online, and clearly that did not work. And now it's much more of an omni channel approach with some physical stores, yes, online sales, but also delivery. Uh, which is quickly becoming one of the more interesting spaces uh, in the food industry. Yeah, like you mentioned, we saw Lyft IPO last week. I wouldn't be surprised if Uber Eats and Uber, when they IPO, try to make a big splash, getting Emerang into the mix now that they're they're both focused on the public markets. Huge opportunity here to partner with such a great company like Uber. Um, we talked about Lyft on Motley Fool Money, Jason, uh, and I think you made the point that uh, you know Lyft goes public, uh, I'm I'm interested in this company, just not at the price they're going public at. When you look at Emerang, I mean, again, it went public this morning. It's already doubled. Great business. They seem to have all their ducks in a row. But do you wait for a pullback? I think you have to. I mean, whenever you see an IPO. Uh 
out out of the out of the gate like this. I mean, you have to ask yourself, was it even priced correctly to begin mm-hmm. with? Because it appears at least like maybe they left a, uh, left a little money on the table. Now, with that said, I, I mean, you know, there there is so much that you can do with meringue. I mean, you've talked about uh, being able to to utilize the delivery mechanism. I mean, getting it in stores all over. It's a very shelf stable food, yeah. so it mm-hmm. has a long life there. And I mean, you know, listen, that that's a brand that you can then take probably in a number of different directions. I mean, next thing you know, we're giving our dogs and cats meringue treats. I mean, maybe there's something there too, but I think uh, generally speaking, it's got a little bit more of a clear path to profitability, which I like. Uh, but yeah, with with the you know when it's off and running like this, I think you have to at least give it a chance to pull back a little bit. Let's let's watch them report a couple of quarters and understand exactly what their long term vision for the business really is. Quick shout out to Grammarly for sponsoring today's Market Fuller. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top professionals. They encourage everyone to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. They help people show their best self through writing, and it's available across platforms including online browser extension, desktop editor, and mobile keyboard checker. It's available on multiple browsers, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, uh, multiple platforms like iOS, Android, Windows, Mac. Their free product reviews critical spelling and grammar. Grammarly Premium looks out for spelling, grammar, plus structure, style within context, vocabulary suggestions, conciseness, readability for different occasions, business proposals, essays for schools, blog posts, whatever you're writing. Here's how easy Grammarly is. It's so easy to use that I use it. (laughs) The advanced punctuation feature is particularly helpful for me. So, whether you're looking to polish up your resume or just look smarter in your emails at work, do yourself a favor and check out Grammarly. You can go to Grammarly.com slash fool and get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com slash fool for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. Shares of McCloskey Holdings hitting a new all-time high today. The holding company that some on Wall Street are starting to call the next baby Berkshire engages in everything from credit card rewards programs, auto repair, and state lottery franchises. Jason, the most obvious baby Berkshire that comes to mind is Markel. Yeah. If you're investing in Markel, you're first and foremost, I would argue, investing in Tom Gaynor, the chief investment officer. McCloskey Holdings, same sort of thing. Not as well known as Gaynor, but if you're buying shares of this company, you're investing in Larry McCloskey. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair statement. And you look at his track record leading up until now, and there are probably some questions there as to whether he's really on the level. Uh, now, with that said, I think that his his vision going forward is a bit more on the level. It's a bit more tech-oriented. Another uh, Berkshire-type company that we like to talk a lot about, Boston owned. Omaha. Um, I think that Larry has done a lot of looking at this business and trying to figure out if there wasn't another way to, to sort of uh, have it, to develop an opportunity from something that we we see and we and we witness every day. Because if you, if you remember Boston Omaha. A lot of that business is billboards, right? Just those big physical billboards that we see every day. So, Larry noted that there are around 20,000 cities in the US today. And what that ultimately results in is somewhere an estimate between 80 million and 100 million street signs. And street signs, if you think about it, those are really interesting because, yes, some are standard, but the more you drive around the country, the more communities you go into, there are a lot that really aren't standard. And he started making this, he's connecting these dots here. If we go into self driving vehicles, Vehicles at some point or another, we need really a consistent infrastructure so these cars are going to be able to handle uh, driving from place to place to place. So his idea is 
taking a little bit of a, of a you know, a, an idea from Boston Omaha, he's trying to build out a new standardized street sign that he can then install all over the country. And you think about that. If there's 100 million street signs, that's a lot of signs. Uh, so, building out this digital street sign, which will be consistent from place to place to place. But here's the, here's the, the, the interesting part of this. He wants to incorporate an advertising model into the street signs. Mm. And so, now, all of a sudden, you've got this monetizable uh, you know, little street sign all all over there. They're all over the place. I don't I mean, know about you, but I pay way, way more attention to street signs than I do billboards. Well, I mean, I think yeah. a lot of people do because you're trying to figure out where you're going, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, if you're not figuring out, then the self-driving car is figuring out. The last thing you need is that car not recognizing the street sign whatsoever. So, listen, I mean, he's he's got a buddy. He refers to him on the call as Ronnie. That he owned a limo company, and so basically, they sold the limo company to raise a little capital to seed this business and get it started. Uh, it was one of the first businesses in what he calls McCloskey Ventures. It is starting to gain a little. Little momentum here, and I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, opportunity ahead as long as the communities and the cities and the municipalities will buy in. You're taking essentially an opportunity from what has traditionally been a government responsibility, mm-hmm. bringing it over into more of a private sector. Uh, I think you know, killing two birds with one stone. You get your street sign and a little advertisement up there as well. Probably not such a bad idea. Interesting to see if he incorporates any anti-theft devices because you see some of the street signs go missing. High Street. Always gone whenever I pass that one. So yeah, well, and it has been written about. I mean, I'm not the one who had this idea. I'm just the one who reads the white papers and has seen this idea for several years now. Which is one of the ripple effects, one of the expected ripple effects of self-driving cars, is less money going to municipalities. Yeah, because. Like it or not, uh, and anyone who's ever gotten a parking ticket knows this. Um, one of the ways that cities make money <laughs> mm-hmm. is off of parking tickets. Sure. At a point in time when self-driving cars um, become ubiquitous, that's a revenue stream that is going to 100% disappear from municipalities. And getting in on the action of just a slice of the advertising market that you're talking about, that Larry McCloskey is building. Um, Many, if not all, municipalities are going to jump on that. I think you're right, it's and I mean, I think it's really one of those transactions where where both parties it's a win-win. You know, I mean, the municipalities find a way to plug, you know, a, a potential revenue stream that's going away. They're probably going to make more more money with those advertising dollars anyway. And then, of course, I mean, if Larry has any business sense whatsoever, then he's negotiating some pretty good terms that he say you know makes some money on that as well. Taylor Muckerman, Jason Moser, guys. Good to see you. Good to see awesome you. Awesome to be Thanks here. Thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fuller. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.